0: City leaders are hotly debating who should provide gas and electric services to San Diegans. The city's so-called franchise agreement with San Diego Gas and Electric is expiring in January after 50 years. Now it seems just about everyone wants a say in what the next long-term deal looks like. Should the city renew its contract with SDG&E? Or should we go with another company? How long should the new agreement be for? And how much money should the city ask for? Or should the city simply explore running its own electric and gas system, much like they do in Los Angeles and Sacramento? Joining us to discuss is reporter Rob Michalewski. I'm Joshua Emerson-Smith, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Rob did I say your name wrong again? I'm sorry. Nickolesky, that's Nicolesky, okay. Nickolesky, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so tell, start, tell us what the uh, franchise agreement is.
1: Basically, the franchise agreement is, gives a utility uh, the right to use the right of ways for the, the uh, electrical lines, the natural gas lines within the city of San Diego. It's basically a license to do business within the city limits of San Diego. All right. Like, so we're all used to getting a bill from SDG
0: and E and the reason that they can do that, the reason that they send us bills and give us energy and gas is the city says, okay, yeah, we're going to sign a contract with you. And in return, what does the
1: city get? The city gets a, um, they get money from San Diego (laughs) gas and electric. Um, there is a fee that if you take a look at your uh, SDG&E bill you will see uh, i think i think it actually says franchise fee how much that that shows how much money that you as a ratepayer pay for that fee and that goes to the san, the city of san diego general fund now i want to be clear about something because a lot there's a lot of confusion about this stuff and i totally understand because sure. it's a very complicated sure. subject this is just within the city limits of San Diego. Now, that means La Mesa, Escondido, places like that, Chula Vista. They have their own franchise agreements. Some of them um, expire in a few years. Some of them go on for per- perpetuity. But the San Diego, the, 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 what we're talking about is the city of San Diego's franchise fee, which is, uh, has been our franchise agreement, I should say which has been in effect since 1970. A 50-year deal that the city has with uh, SDG&E, but that comes to an end in January of this coming year.
0: Okay, so that's a big deal. This doesn't happen very often. No. So what's the city looking for? I mean, shouldn't this just kind of be perfunctory? Shouldn't we just re-sign up with SDG&E? Why all the hubbub now?
1: Well, the hubbub is because this is the first time in 50 years they've got a chance to renegotiate this. And the energy landscape has changed so much, uh, not just here in San Diego, but uh, but across the country. So this is a chance for the city to possibly bring in potential bidders outside of SDG&E who can maybe give the city a better deal, maybe give them more money up front, maybe have a shorter agreement. And also... Layered underneath all of this has been some tension between the city and sdg e over a couple of issues. There's um, there's a pure water project that the city want, wants to uh, has been wanting to put together, and sdg and, and and the city have had arguments over moving sdg and uh, infrastructure. There's just been a number of other issues that have come up. So. Layered am- amongst all this has been some inherent tension between the two sides. And now they they have to try to work together, or maybe, or I'm talking about from the city's perspective, they have to work with SDG&E, or it, what they're doing now is they're trying to get other companies to bid. And that means if there's some competition out there, maybe the city can drive a harder bargain. And is it the kind of thing where the city feels like maybe they can get
0: SDGE? to play ball on some of these other issues you mentioned pure water if mm-hmm. if they hold this over their head they say hey we're not going to re up the franchise agreement until you do x y and z
1: well it's more the other way around they're not going to the, the, the pure water thing it runs secondary to the franchise agreement they're thinking is okay we want whoever wins this bid for this franchise agreement we want a few things uh, we want X, Y, and Z. We want some money up front. We want a, possibly a shorter term. All those things, and then all the everything else can fall into place. And what the the real hinge of, upon this is trying to get other companies besides SDG need to bid because naturally, if you've got other companies bidding, then you as the franchise holder can drop come out can possibly drive a harder bargain. So the next question is, is any other com- company interested? And so far, they have not gone through a formal bidding process yet. Okay. But they have asked, put out, uh, uh, let it be known to the public that our franchise agreement is coming up for bid. Uh, is anyone interested? And so far, two companies have expressed interest. One is this rather smallish company in Orange County called Indian Energy. It's 100 percent owned by Native Americans. And the second company is Berkshire Hathaway Energy. Now, Berkshire Hathaway Energy is a subsidiary of Berkshire Hathaway, Inc., owned by billionaire Warren Buffett. Now, here in Southern California, we may not know very much about Berkshire Hathaway Energy, but they're actually a pretty big player in the utility uh, business across the country. And they have subsidiaries of their own in places like Utah, Nevada, Oregon, and I believe also in Idaho. So they've got some experience here in the West, and so there's if Berkshire Hathaway Energy does indeed put forth a bid, then um, that could make things very,
0: very interesting. Okay, quick question: We got a, a question in the comments here. I always like to try to address people's questions in the comments. Is this going to impact undergrounding in any way? I know a lot of people want to see their utilities, the utility lines, undergrounded.
1: Um, I. I don't know if it's going to accelerate the amount, but the city could possibly put that in. Uh, The city and SDG&E have been undergrounding more and more lines. In fact, SDG&E likes to brag about how the fact that they've got more undergrounded lines than the uh, other two investor-owned utilities in California. And I think they – also might be having uh, my, my, my underground lines at a at a more um, aggressive rate than most utilities across the country. But it's
0: not like the city is setting benchmarks for this kind of stuff in this particular agreement. This agreement is just how much money is a company going to pay the city and how soon are they going to pay it? Are we going to get a lot of money up front or we're going to have to wait for it? Is that Right.
1: Well, no, the the city can make certain demands. uh, And one of the uh, things that they're talking about uh, is, in addition to the upfront money and the length of the term, they're talking about having uh, reviews, independent reviews, having – an independent company come back, take a look, and see that whoever wins the bid in the future, whether it's Estee or another company, whether they're doing a good job every couple of years, and making that uh, making that public. They also uh, have considered putting things in there such as, well, we want to be able to have um, the franchise, the eventual franchisee. If they're not using certain city land, we want to be able to use that land for city purposes. These are all sorts of things. It's all part of a negotiation. It's pretty much wide open, um, what you can ask for. Okay. And, wonder, and Since it's so wide open, one of the things they are asking
0: for is a climate equity fund. Is that right? Or some people are pushing for this.
1: Right. Vivian Moreno, a city council member, um, is has asked and wants to uh, have a climate equity fund established that would be paid for by whoever wins the franchise, and that would be used in uh, low-income areas such as her own to help uh, build parks, bike paths, and things like that. And yesterday, the city council had a big meeting, and they talked about putting together a motion that they could – send to the mayor mayor's office, who then could send it back to city council. But that motion, there were two motions, both of them failed. But that was in, in both motions, council member Moreno said, I want to have a climate equity fund in there. And even though a number of members of the city council said, we're sympathetic to that, we'd like to see that, they weren't able to satisfy Moreno because we're getting a little bit into the weeds here, but- the um there the city attorneys are uh, argument and also from council member Jennifer you oh, can right. uh, something that doesn't exist yet precisely precisely right. and so and so Moreno said well I want I want more than just a promise I want it written in the contract and so she voted no so there were two motions that were put up put up yesterday one lost on a six to three vote one lost on a five to four vote and so the city council now has to go back to the drawing board and come up with the basic ground rules on what they're going to ask of these potential bidders. What, what, what are the basic things that they want that if, if these bidders want to win this contract, here are the things you must come up with. Now, they have another option too, right? They could
0: just go full on municipalization like L.A. Water and Power.
1: Yes, they could. They could do that, but that also involves a lot of question marks. The biggest being that if if you decide to go, if the city decides, and they certainly have the right to do this, if, but if the city decides that they want to go the municipalization route, well, those wires and poles and all the rest of that infrastructure that SDG&E owns, they own that property does not belong to the city. So that means the city has to buy that infrastructure from stg and e And that's, that's estimated to cost at least $3 $3 billion, $3 billion and, with and, B.
0: And, I, and I think I remember San Francisco tried to do this uh, a number of years back, maybe yeah. a decade ago, and they couldn't agree on how much everything was worth, right? They kept right. renegotiating. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, then, and, then, and there's, there's been a lot of, of movement that way. Boulder, Colorado has been talking about it, but um, they haven't been able to actually do it. Um, and that begs the question, and it's a good one, well, if L.A., uh, Department of Water, Power and Water, I believe it's uh, a- LADWP, and Sa- Sacramento Municipal Utility D- uh, Division, if they're mm-hmm. able to have a municipal, uh, municipally run gas and electric service, how come San Diego can't? The short answer is that LADWP, when it came into existence, was back in the 1920s. Things were not as as well-developed. Uh, there weren't as many people. The population wasn't as large, and also, the 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 infrastructure was not as expensive. Same, uh, in Sacramento, that came into existence, I believe, in the 1950s. So that was a long time ago. So it can be done, and the proponents quite rightly point out that the rates at municipal um, utilities tend to be much lower than they are at investor-owned mm-hmm. utilities. But it's a big ask. And then one other thing, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, sure, sure. but there's some question about if San Diego were able to um, municipalize, what does that mean for this community choice aggregation plan yeah, good that just got hacked and it's about to start involving San Diego and four other cities in the area? There's some question about whether or not that CCA can even exist in a municipal uh, operation, but I've heard other people say that it can.
0: Yeah, it almost seems like it would become redundant or, you know, unnecessary. Yeah, it might be okay if they go that route, but it doesn't seem like they're going that route, right? Well, the, or they maybe they're using the threat of that to try to get more money out of SDG&E or something.
1: Well, there there are so many um, there are so many doors that can be opened. Uh, in this in this situation, I don't know if anyone's exactly clear on what the roadmap is. the The city has already spent close to a million dollars by hiring some consultants and to look into what this franchise agreement is worth. And one of the main consultants, JVJ Pacific Consulting out of uh, Walnut Creek, they're their analysis came back and told the city, "We've got a number of recommendations for what you, the City of San Diego, should ask for in this franchise agreement. The two big ones are: JVJ suggested a 20-year agreement instead of 50. Now, some people want an even shorter agreement, but the city yeah, want shorter,
0: longer. right? Just to be clear, like this, it's the
1: sdg e that would want the longer. Yes, well, in, contract. any any utility." Or any potential bidder would probably want a, a longer one because you have more—you have more uh, uh, surety of what's going to happen. So JBJ said uh, they recommended a 20-year agreement, and they recommended requiring the winning bidder to put down at least $62 million uh, to up have front. the right, have uh, upfront to, to, to buy this agreement. So that is kind of like the roadmap that the consultant put forth. But when the city council had their meeting yesterday, they couldn't come to an agreement. So we have to theoretically, the city can come back, use that consultant's report, and say, okay, 20 year agreement, $62 million at minimum, or they can come back and try something else. But right now, the city council is in a summer recess. They'll probably tackle it when they come back from recess. That's expected to be right after Labor Day. What would it or,
0: mean to S D G and E if they didn't
1: get this contract?
0: Would it be a big
1: deal, a big blow for them? Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't eradicate SDGE, but it would radically reduce the size of SDGE because the city of San Diego within SDGE service territory, which is all 100%. San Diego County and part of Orange County. City of San Diego is the biggest chunk, biggest individual. It's forty percent, right, of the district. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know it offhand, but that sounds about right. So, SDG&E would still exist, uh, but they would have to coexist with another utility. Yeah. So,
0: how would that even work, right? Like, where would this other utility be located, and would they have to then buy all the poles and wires from SDG&E? The short answer is
1: yes, they would have to. Now, they theoretically, I guess, they could build their own infrastructure, poles and wires. But the, and 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 this is another thing too, Joshua. That's interesting. It's very rare for a franchise to change hands. For the, I think for just for from writing about this and studying this for uh, for a little while. Usually, when the franchise when a franchise agreement comes up, it's unusual for it to change hands because there are so many complicating factors here. But if, let's say, we'll just throw it out there, let's say Berkshire Hathaway or Indian Energy got won the bid, in all likelihood, what they would do is they would negotiate with SDG&E and say, "Okay, we can we will use your wires within the city of San Diego, and we'll work out a price." Right. And none of this, just to be clear, none of this affects the rates that consumers pay. Right. In the if if there is a different uh, incumbent or different utility that replaces the incumbent SDG&E, then that utility would then go to the California Public Utilities Commission, which governs utilities, investor owned utilities in California, and they work out. Whatever uh, rates are going are are, are going to be there. So, indirectly, directly, rates are not affected by the franchise agreement. But indirectly, if there is a new, a new sheriff in town, so to speak, in the utility game, then that could very likely. Uh, affect the rates and theoretically they could be even higher and SDG&E's rates are are higher than any other S, any other utility in in uh, in California so the new guys in town could theoretically have higher rates or lower rates or about the same okay uh, and yeah. what is the what's your
0: what's the next steps here like what does the council have to do next just kind of like lay out the timeline
1: well i under, and I don't cover city uh, city council and city government that much, but from what I understand, under these quote, strong mayor model that San Diego has, um, it's up to the mayor to produce a recommendation to uh, the city council. So theoretically, now after the city council was not able to reach any kind of resolution, I guess... Mayor Faulkner's office has a couple of different options. They can go forward with another proposal and bring it forth, bring it forth to city council without any input, or they can go back to city council and say, all right, let's craft something that we can, in which we can make some agreement on a few basic things, a few basic requirements that we want that for a potential bidder to meet. So it's really kind of an open question right now. And I think the ball's in the mayor's court.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. That was fascinating.
1: I hope I was able to explain things in some semblance of uh, of sense.
0: Oh, I think so. I think we have uh, 40 diehard listeners here <laughs> that were very happy to
1: get in the weeds. Okay, have a good weekend, Josh. It was good talking to you. bye